Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is going on, everybody? My name is Colorado. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? I'm good, Connor. Today is a very special episode of the Mm. podcast. Yeah. uh, Because it is our Kardashian special. Okay? (laughs) So we've always mentioned the entertainment news. I for sure was going to say, was thinking you were going to say it's the two-year anniversary, which it is. It is. Oh, it is. But, like, who gives a shit, you know? But fuck that. What are they up to? Tell me. Fill me in, Sean. Oh, I didn't didn't actually think you'd ask for specifics. (laughs) You you were the man on the ground outside their house with your (laughs) finger in your ear. Well, Connor, I'm here on the scene. They are doing things. They are living their lives by all accounts, but let's watch. <laughs> and fair play to them. I don't really want to disturb them, but fair play to you, gals. Make that money. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is actually our two-year anniversary of doing the show. Now, we it was a weird scenario because four weeks ago, we celebrated our 100 episodes. So do you celebrate the 100 episode, or 100 week or whatever... Or do you mm. celebrate the two-year anniversary? I don't think anyone ever celebrates episode 104. So I think we kind of celebrated at 100. Um, and even more sad is that sadly Ireland have introduced um, stricter lockdown rules recently in the last week yeah. and a half. So originally we were going to meet up for this episode because it was oh, the 2 Oh, it would have been beautiful. We had it all planned out. All and we were going to have a great day. And and then, we were going to have a great day, and then maybe at the end, play a bit of PlayStation or Xbox, pass the time, maybe a bit of a hangout. Unfortunately... Like friends, um, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, Ireland has gotten a bit stricter on the lockdown rules, and so we are not allowed to travel to each other, which is kind of hindering the two-year anniversary. But what can you do? We will wait this out and maybe reconvene at a later date. Yeah, we'll do our traditional Christmas exchange of gifts. Hopefully we can do that together. Oh, I don't want to do it separate. We'll <laughs> just have to fucking book a courier and just send no, them I'm, back and I'm forth between our houses. No, I'm going to stand outside your house. I'm going to stand outside your house and fuck the president through the window. <laughs> just with a boombox, just in the rain. <laughs> I got you music. <laughs> I got you the gift of song. The gift Crash of rhythm. <laughs> Um, so this is Movie Monday, Sean, and enough about our two-year nods. It is the two-year anniversary, so we got to bring the same energy. Are we the same level as we were episode one? I can only uh, hope that we're slightly better. Slightly. We're certainly older, so maybe that has some bearing on it. Yeah, now we're more wise. We well, need to give more of our opinions. Well, no one's saying that, are they? No, no, no Like, we'll give opinions, but we're not wise about them. No, they'll be uninformed and often wrong. As God intended for opinions. 
Um, so we're starting this week with a piece of news that we kind of covered very, very roughly a few weeks ago. And that was from um, the DC fandom event that happened. And there was a lot of DC talk coming out from that. And one of the pieces was uh, they asked one of the producers for the Flash movie, who would they like maybe a team up? They implied that maybe a team up would work in a Flash movie. Um, if this is the Flash movie that's going to happen with Ezra Miller in the next 10 to 15 years. I cannot <laughs> assume when. But um, they were saying a team-up might be good. And now we have rumours, Sean, that the Flash movie will feature Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman in the film itself. Um, and this is very interesting, because the Flashpoint Paradox, which is what this the comic arc that this movie is supposedly based on... Yeah. Um, when the Flash, the Fla- the whole story of the par- of the Flashpoint paradox is Flash goes back in time to save his mom because of his mom dies, like and a he realizes <laughs> like a simp. Ooh, saving my mom! Oh, get over it, <laughs> mate. Learn some karate and become Batman. That's what I say. That's a that's a healthy coping mechanism. <laughs> yeah, Batman seems really balanced. <laughs> Follow his line. I think. He, he so, might as well be called well-adjusted man. <laughs> so yeah, Flash, as we I think is would be logical. Is you can turn back time, you immediately go back to try and save your map. In the process of saving her, he changes the whole timeline in the future, and when he comes back to the future, it's like a really bleak universe thing. And in that bleak universe, the Amazons and the Atlanteans are at war with each other in that universe. Which is where Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman would come into the story, I would assume. But this is pretty big news, that Gal Gadot could be appearing in the Flash movie. Yeah, and like... I I like it because it means that they have plans for Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman down the road, which I feel mm. with DC movies, you can never really latch on to a character because they might be replaced or just never discussed again. True. Uh, I'm, I'm still not sure that this Flash and this Wonder Woman are the best pairing. No, that, that, that's because he's just weird. <laughs> Yeah, like his character, and look, we're basing all of this off of what we've seen of the Flash in Justice League. That one movie that it was the best Flash incarnation we've all seen, other than all of the episodes of the other Flash TV show. Uh, Like, okay, there was that time that the Flash was in Suicide Squad for a second. That seemed pretty neat. He was pretty good in those four seconds, yeah. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) You give me a whole movie of that flash. <laughs> him just arriving into the bank late. Oh, he's always late, even though Aww. he's quick. Oh, what a classic! But I, I'm from what we've seen in Justice League. His character seems to be just nervous and quippy, and yeah. I don't think you can do a whole movie around that. And I don't know how many interactions he's had with Wonder Woman. He fell on top of her in Justice League. That was pretty funny. Do you, oh, remember, that was do you remember when that happened? Yeah, that was I actually didn't. I didn't really see that scene because I was laughing too hard at the concept. Oh, I like was, the tears did yeah. blur my vision. That's true. <laughs> yeah. What's happening next? I can't see through the laughter. So maybe that could be a way that, um, like, if it is Flashpoint and Wonder Woman is more of an, she's not even an antagonist, but she's fighting a war that Flash knows. Uh, that there's a future that war doesn't exist. So if you have it that he gets to know this evil Wonder Woman, let's call her evil just for the sake of it, okay. and then he gets back to his own reality, and then he has a slightly different relationship with, you know, the main continuity Wonder Woman. A less doughy-eyed, love-heart-eyed kind of relationship where he's just weird around this woman. Yeah, like if he, like, first of all learned to, like, I, I, I think if, it, if they talk. did do the Flashpoint... No, if he learned to talk, and if I learned to talk as well, that would also be good for this podcast. True. But if he, first of all, was maybe afraid of her, because he sees her, you know, fight the Atlanteans and takes on, like, 50 of them at once and murders all of them. If he, like, has that fear built into respect, built into trust, and then he comes back with all that baggage... I think that's how you progress a relationship really quickly. So you're thinking of character development, maybe laying, putting layers upon the movies, making them ultimately more successful and interesting. 
Yeah, and now that you say it, Con. <laughs> Sorry, what studio is this? It's it's uh, it's Warner Brothers. It's Ew. DC. Right. And and you're thinking that's what they're going to do? I'm just I look. I'm just saying that would be a good way to make a movie. We live in hope. <laughs> we do live in hope. <laughs> this might be the one. But this movie is getting absolutely packed at the minute. Because you have The Flash in it, obviously. But you also have Wonder Woman. It is rumoured that Cyborg, Ray Fisher, uh, will be playing Cyborg in the movie. He's in negotiations to appear. You also have Michael Keaton returning as Batman. Um, mm-hmm. ben, ben Affleck will also be here as, as Batman. Um, I don't know who's playing Thomas Wayne. Uh, I suppose it'd have to go same, same continuity from Batman vs Superman, or is that up in the air? Yeah, Jeffrey, like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, would be great at it. I think. I think he would, and I think he was very excited to play that role. I think it was implied to him, "Oh, you might have a big role in Flashpoint," because the Flashpoint storyline is from Flash saving his mother. The knock-on effect is that uh, when Bruce leaves the theater with his parents, Bruce is the one that dies, and then Thomas Wayne takes up the mantle of Batman. And Martha Wayne takes up the mantle of Joker. Yeah, and and Thomas Wayne is way more brutal. Like, way more evil. Because he's well-adjusted man too. And the two of them well-adjusted. Well, actually, like, Thomas Wayne, and they might like this in Warner Brothers, Thomas Wayne uses a gun. (laughs) They're like, who the fuck is Bruce? Why do we not just keep Thomas around? He seems more level-headed. Can he use a bazooka? (laughs) Yes. Get him in. (laughs) Get him in. New continuity. (laughs) They're starting. Other, they're the only continuity that don't have Bruce Wayne as the Batman. Thomas Wayne's <laughs> fucking Batman. But see, at least that would be accurate, you know. Like, imagine everything that Batman, that Ben Affleck Batman does in Batman vs Superman and Justice League. If you just interchange Thomas Wayne with that character, it makes a whole lot of sense. Makes way more sense. That's actually very true. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, I was going to say to you, just in regards to that, with everybody in this movie, is this like a second chance Justice League kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I kind of. It's kind of turning out that way, isn't it? Because it, it it's the team up movie, but it's actually motivated by plot and not ticket sales this time. Interesting. That's an interesting concept once again. <laughs> Let's go off character development and maybe interesting concepts instead of, wow, look at those things. They all have weird pictures already on files on Lex Luthor's laptop. Yeah. Okay. Like, and they all have, lo- someone designed logos for all of them. <laughs> Who it's... did that? Who did they get in to do that? The um, If I could, you know, be my usual Marvel shill and make a comparison yeah. to the Marvel movies... It's like Justice League that we got is Age of Ultron and the Flashpoint movie has the potential to be the first Avengers movie. Right, okay. Yeah, I think it could be good. The only issue is the movie itself has to be good. Like, the Flash character I don't think has a lot of, um, I don't know, momentum coming out of Justice League. I don't know if he was anyone's favourite part of that movie. So it would be hard to gather that momentum. But you have all these stars, and especially with Keaton coming back, I think there is there is a market there for it. You just have to make the right movie. It's very hard to fuck Flashpoint up. It's so good. It is The only thing that would fuck it up is that it might be time travel, as we all know, is just it's yeah, confusing. It's, um, it can turn into very quickly just bollocks. Just very quickly can turn into nonsense. That doesn't make any sense. But you have a whole comic arc there that you could just copy and paste. Exactly. And hope for the best. And the thing is, this is literally, this is their res- like reset button. Like, they cannot fuck up Flashpoint because then they have no other way of resetting that universe. Unless <laughs> no. they do Crisis. And I, they will in the, in the next movie. <laughs> straight away after Flashpoint <laughs> well originally I think Flashpoint wasn't meant to be the first Flash movie but it was just like fuck we may do it now <laughs> shit we need to backpedal real hard guys <laughs> yeah so Gal Gadot could be appearing in the Flash movie that's probably why the producer was like during fandom oh they'd be a great team up like of course if they've already planned it that would be a great way to kind of lay the groundwork for that yeah yeah and look they might be they're they're both good actors. Yeah, and if you get Cyborg in there, you should probably move. 
What a great part of that movie. You should should probably dig this grave by hand. (laughs) Good scene. It's a powerful one. I couldn't see it really through the tears again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're moving on to our next piece of news. And that is involving Robert Downey Jr. And one of your favourite things in movies. Sherlock Holmes 2. Slow motion fight scenes. I do like those. Robert Downey Jr. wants to spin Sherlock Holmes' tree into a new cinematic universe. I I saw this, and my immediate thought was, could they? Like, could they? Surely, 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 what he's establishing there is that he wants to make more Sherlock Holmes movies. Yes, which, which I think is fine. I I I enjoy those movies. I think I think they're neat and interesting. Um, I don't know how, like, is. Are universe and franchise becoming interchangeable? Um, yes. I think a franchise I would consider... See, everybody wants to do a franchise. And then, see, every... Actually, no, to be more specific, everyone wants to be, do the MCU. Yeah. Again. And so if you do a movie, you have to have a universe plan. Or first of all, you have to have a franchise plan, which is a trilogy, I could only assume. And then use the trilogy to build off into further spin-offs, creating a universe. Yeah, which is, I think, the f- one of the first kind of uh, franchises to do this was... It, sorry, wh- the, one of the biggest franchises ever is Star Wars, right? I haven't and heard of it. Have, of course not. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're a Dune man, but... <laughs> In in terms of franchises, absolutely massive. But then when they tried to turn it into a universe, like as in they market it as a universe, that that's when the cracks start showing and when they start slipping and the audience recep- reception falls off a cliff. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we've shown that the universe only works when you have a grand plan. Like, even a trilogy is is so hard to do right. How many trilogies do you know that all three are as good as each other? There's uh, very well, few. wait until National Treasure 3 comes out. <laughs> Sorry. All equally shit. Same <laughs> level of shit the you. whole way through. So, that's fair enough. They're all the same level of quality. But very, very <laughs> few are a trilogy of all 8 out of 10s. You might have the first 8 out of 10, second one might drop to a 6, third one might come back up to a 7 or whatever. That's normally the way in my head it works out. But I just think it's very hard to get them all to go perfectly. So if you think that as a franchise, never mind a universe. And so when you have a universe, you have at least four trilogies going at once. And you can't let the ball drop. Now, why Disney were allowed to do that is because they own everything. And so they have all of the money in the world, and they have every single thing on every single cinematic thing other than Sony and Warner Brothers, so they can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, I I have a couple of thoughts on this. One, I think it's really interesting, even that we're talking about it, but the way news articles have picked up this story because it's Robert Downey Jr. wants to do another movie universe, which. If you had said that five years ago, it would be like, oh, that's the safest bet in the world. You know, he's he's a massive draw for crowds. But Doolittle also came out this year. And no one saw it. I think that's in the top ten (laughs) movies this year. That's because 11 movies were released this year. (laughs) And one of them was New Mutants, yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But I'm just... what, What would a Sherlock Holmes universe offer? Other than more Sherlock Holmes stories. Because everything outside of that is just life in, like, London. Well, what they are hoping to do is a mystery verse, which is what they've called it. So, they're hoping to do... It's not said if they're going to do other, maybe, other detectives. Maybe you could throw knives out into the mystery verse. We don't know, but I think it's a Sherlock Holmes tree, and then use that to create a whole new set of murder mystery movies. But I think Knives Out worked because there isn't a lot of murder mystery movies, and then the more of them you do, the less successful it will become. Yeah, like... um, It's like the way there's a bajillion episodes of Poirot and Murder, She Wrote, and all Mm. this. And they're all good, and they have their fans. But there's a reason those shows 
we don't see a lot of them these days, you know? It's like Because there were so all, many of them. <laughs> yeah, and it's not that all the stories have been told, but it's just... It, it, when you're watching a mystery be solved time after time after time, you lose some of the suspense of it because it's mm. always, oh, they'll figure it out at the end. And then well, when like, you don't I see- remember watching... I remember watching CSI on the on television and like it would get to like 25 minutes past or whatever the hour and I was like yeah this will be the murderer now they'll talk to him for like 10 minutes or like 2 minutes and then they'll come back to him later on just at like 10 to exactly it's a format like and Knives Out kind of broke the format a little bit because I'd, oh, I don't want to say without spoiling stuff can I spoil True, Knives yes. Out I won't, uh, no, I won't. Don't spoil Knives Out. Knives Out is one of the best movies of last it year. It really is. It really is. Um, so I think it, it, rather than... Because as soon as you hinge it on Sherlock Holmes, like if it's just a Sherlock Holmes solving mysteries, just do a series of those movies um, and tell mystery stories. But once you turn it into just, here's uh, Watson solving a mystery... And here's the Moriarty origin story. <laughs> it kind of ruins the magic of like what made the the first couple of those movies, in my opinion, quite good. I think I think Downey Jr. He wants to do the third one anyway, but maybe if he gets a shared universe, he can kind of guest star other people's movies. And I think that would be his dream that he kind of comes in as Sherlock Holmes, but he's not the leading character. Uh, in all these movies. Maybe something like that. But if the shared universe is there, there is precedence to say Downey Jr., if he's in a shared universe, it will make lots of money. But I don't know if those movies have such a massive fan base that they will warrant a whole universe based around them. No. Like, they barely warrant a third one. And I, again, I like the first two. <laughs> That's true. But like... The end of the second one, it's revealed that he didn't die, and yeah. so where did the stakes go from there? Because he fell off a waterfall. <laughs> if, <laughs> I mean, he could fall off two waterfalls, maybe an even bigger waterfall. I'm pretty sure there was a couple of waterfalls in there. <laughs> yeah, it was like one of those where he f- fell and then he flowed. He flowed in the stream for a little bit and then fell again. Yeah, he fell, flowed, yeah. ah, safety, fell again. <laughs> ah, perfect. <laughs> nice and calm waters here, oh no, again! But the waterfalls were all in a mind fight he was having. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. so there is news that Robert Downey Jr. is trying to get a, a Sherlock Holmes universe going. Um, I think there are better properties to try and create a universe from. Some kind of monster movie verse, maybe? Even Knives Out. Even 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 if Knives Out... Even if there was a Benoit Blanc movie universe, that would be okay, I would be. That would be be class. I think think everyone who liked Knives Out would like that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So we're moving on to our next piece of news. And this involves the Joker producer, Sean. Now, Joker was one of the best movies of last year. You've said it, I've said it, everyone's said it. I think you said film history, but continue. I I did say film history. I said Todd Phillips, he's better than Stanley Kubrick. I did say that (laughs) out loud. Now I your might chest have had a, <laughs> and my back tattoo, but it's spelled backwards on my back. <laughs> Just in case any mirrors are looking at you from behind. <laughs> but, so the Joker movie came out last year and made over a billion dollars, so they're obviously going to be doing a sequel to the Joker movie. But not only that, is that the Joker producer has suggested that a Mr. Freeze solo film might be the next in line. So that is producer Michael E. Uslan. He recently shared his idea for a film starring another popular popular Batman villain, Mr. Freeze. Sean, this is a better idea and tell me why. Oh, this is, like... If, if they give it the same kind of treatment, I think that would be quite interesting to see. And yeah. that's a character that is, like, separate from Batman, that character is interesting. You know? Unlike like the Joker. 
Well, it's like the Joker has his moments, but like, yeah. <laughs> right? Okay, but the, Mr. Freeze is so his um, the great story about Mr. Freeze is that in the comic books in the seventies and eighties, he was just a guy who loved ice. Mm. Like his whole thing is he just liked freezing things, and nobody knew why. And then Batman the Animated Series came out, and um, there's a whole episode basically designed for Mr. Freeze, and they write a whole new backstory and a whole new origin. Um, and they basically come up the whole idea that his wife uh, is sick, like really viciously sick, and he's like a, he's like this he's a scientist, and the only way that he could save her is if he cryogenically freezes her until he has the, the antidote. So he's like, if you if I don't freeze you right now, you're going to die within say a month or two months, but I can freeze you. I'll f- I'll figure out a cure and then I'll unfreeze you and then we can be together forever. And so he's his great uh, sadness and his biggest failure is that he can never find that cure. Like he's constantly striving for it, but she is just frozen. So he just has yeah. he just has her there. Yeah, he's too busy inventing ice based gadgets and never works on a cure at all. And he he's normally robbing like diamonds and stuff to make money to pay for more stuff to try and find a cure. Yeah, like he is he's tragic when you see him. Now, have you seen the Harley Quinn animated version of Mr. Freeze? I haven't, no. Okay, well without spoiling anything, he's a little he's very like um the Mr. Freeze from the anim- the original animated series, but he's a little more unhinged. Okay. As in like He's having full conversations with Nora and pretending she's replying. Yeah, I that, that's a that's an interesting way to go about it. Yeah, and so that I feel like they'll lean more on that. Like the the mental stress that that man is under would take a toll on him. Now, I think this is a more interesting origin story than the Joker would be. Yeah. Now, is it going to be that like? Is Todd Phillips going to write and direct it again? or? I hope so. I hope so. Bring him in. <laughs> Nominated for Best Director that year. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Fuck's sake. No, but yeah, I, I, think, I think Mr. Freeze as just an idea. If you said there's a Mr. Freeze idea for a solo film and a Joker solo film idea, and I'd go, well, Mr. Freeze is, there's a lot more content to delve into. With a Mr. Freeze movie, then there's a Joker movie. A Joker movie, he's more interesting with just chaos. Whereas a Mr. Freeze, you have a triac structure there, you have his tragedy, you can have him even be an anti-hero, because in the comic books, he's a little bit of an anti-hero, as it is. Joker's just a psychopath. But Mr. Freeze has that... Like, even Batman, in the comic books, is always very much like... He values Mr. Freeze's brain. Like, he understands that you're a genius. You're just driving all of your efforts into the wrong direction. Yeah, it's like, um, and take a drink, because we always mention this, Mr. Freeze in the Arkham games. There you go. Like, he's actively like, I need Mr. Freeze's help on this, because he's a genius. But, But yeah, but he's also a loose cannon. Because if you even, even look at Nora the wrong way, he might kill you. Yeah, now when do you, like, set this film? You know, because Joker's say was set in the 80s, but mm. I don't think they had cryogenic technology to the level that Mr. Freeze has. Uh, I don't think that was around in the 80s. And are these connected? Is the Joker movie connected to the Freeze movie? And I can only well, assume it'll be called Freeze. <laughs> I can only assume. Um, I would... See, at the start, do you remember at the very start of the Joker idea... The idea was that they were going to do like an Elseworlds universe that wasn't going to be connected to the DC universe itself. So yeah. that's why Joker is his own separate thing. And the idea was that they were going to have like Elseworlds movies. So they were just going to have Joker as its own thing. And then you'd have, then you could do separate lay- or spin-offs of that where you just concentrate on one character that wouldn't normally get that kind of focus. Um, I think this is along those lines. They kind of moved away from that recently with Joker three or two and three coming out. But if they stick to the Elseworlds idea, I think Mister Freeze is the best one to go to. I just, I think it's in, they have an interesting Batman Beyond episode where he comes back, like they, he freezes himself and he comes back uh, alive in like twenty forty, and he has to live with the fact that Nora was cured while he was frozen. And 
then she went off and remarried somebody else and while he's walking around um they're like oh we've cured you like you're you no longer feel cold or whatever yeah. Um, and then while he's walking along, he suddenly starts feeling like so cold, but it's snowing. Or sorry, so warm. It's snowing and he's like, it's too warm. I need to get my suit. So the the effects start to wear off and he's walking through the streets and like people are like spitting down because they remember, oh, you killed my uncle. In like like oh, 30 fuck. years ago, you killed my uncle. He's like, I, I'm a changed man. I'm I'm different. Like, no, you're a piece of shit. So that could be an interesting way to go about it as well. Just... Something with his tragedy would be really interesting to watch on screen, done right, and not Arnie. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the last kind of big budget uh, view of Mr. Freeze that a lot of people have had, is the the maniac who likes puns. What killed the dinosaurs? (laughs) The Ice Age! An asteroid... Oh, fuck. (laughs) Pepper's like, oh, shit. (laughs) You're like, oh damn! I always mess that one up. You always ask me that <laughs> every every time I meet. Him. Uh, no, I like uh, this. I like this idea for a movie. I think, I think, give us that before Joker two. Yes, I agree. Um, okay, we're moving on to our next bit of news, and this is Marvel news, Sean. Um, this is Natalie Portman, and so they are doing the to- next Thor movie is going to be called Thor: Love and Thunder. Have you heard of it, Sean? I've heard a little bit of something about it. Yes. Mm. This, from following Thor Ragnarok, they've got Taika Waititi back involved. He is going to be doing the next film, which everyone's very excited about. But more importantly, they've brought Jane Foster, or Natalie Portman's character, back into the fold. So she was last seen, I think, in The Dark World? Um, well, she was last in seen so- in Endgame. Oh, oh, was she? What was she in Endgame? She was Jane Foster in Endgame. When, uh, <laughs> when Thor and Rocket go to Asgard in the past... She's in that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, she was in Endgame a little bit. But more importantly, she was going. she's going to be coming back into Thor Love and Thunder. And even more interestingly is that she will be playing Jane Foster Lady Thor, or the Mighty Thor. So, Sean, can you tell me anything about um, Jane Foster in the comic books? Because I have what Natalie Portman said. She might have revealed a bit of a spoiler to the movie itself. Okay, so in the comics, um, in the Mighty Thor comics, basically, uh, our Thor, regular Thor, uh, loses his powers because he's unworthy. Okay, so here's the thing. There was a guy called Gore the God Butcher, <laughs> right? And <laughs> Yes. And he was fighting uh, Thor, and um, he said, he, to- he told Thor... All of the gods are unworthy because you're all assholes and you just cause hassle for people. And so Mm. then, uh, later on, uh, in an event called Original Sin, where Nick Fury learned a bunch of secrets about everyone and started revealing them, uh, Nick Fury and Thor were grappling and Fury just whispered in Thor's ear, Gore was right. And uh, Thor immediately drops Mjolnir because he can't carry it anymore because he's unworthy. So Fuck. then, yeah, oh, it's it's like heartbreaking to watch, and uh, and I hope that doesn't happen to Thor in the MCU because he's been through a lot <laughs> recently, man. Yeah, he he has done a lot of bad, no, a lot of bad things have happened to him. Yeah, and so uh, then Thor operates then as a guy called Odin's son. Um, so he's the same. He still has like godly powers, but he uses a big axe instead of Mjolnir, which conveniently he has now. And he also rides around on a big chariot. Conveniently, yes. And so, yes, all this comes down to that someone else begins operating as Thor, and no one knows who it is, but they just know it's oh, it's a female Thor. That's weird. Um, until the end of one of the comics, then we come back and female Thor goes into a hospital room, lies down in the bed, puts down the hammer, and it's revealed to be Jane Foster who's suffering uh, from uh, some form of cancer at the time. Uh, But she is deemed worthy, and so she's able to transform into Thor and not be affected by the sickness and everything like this. Yeah. Uh, 
and and that's exactly along the lines of what Natalie Portman has kind of revealed. So she says, I can't tell you much, obviously. I'm really excited. I'm starting to train. Um, if there can be all these female superheroes, the more of them there are, the better it is. Um, I'm trying to think. It's based on the graphic novel of the Mighty Thor. She's going through tra- cancer treatment and is a superhero on the side. So um, in the Marvel comics, as you said, Thor becomes or Jane Foster becomes Thor while in the midst of receiving treatment for breast cancer. The power of Thor's hammer, Milnir, restores her strength, which she uses to become a superhero in Thor's absence. But its magic also stops her cancer treatment from working. So that kind of puts her in a really shit position, as the longer she is Thor, the more likely she is to die. Yeah. So Jane, so she operates as the Mighty Thor for several years, but was ultimately told that continuing to do so might kill her. And so that was kind of. It's been heavily rumoured that that was going to be the longest storylines to bring her into this movie. And she's basically come out and said it straight away. That that is what, she's, that is what her character is going through in the film. And that could be where they're going with this film. Yeah, and like I think they're right to get out ahead of it. Because all is going to happen is that a photo will leak of her on set wearing a Thor costume. And, and people will find out anyway. I think mm. if you have... Like, I th- I think just getting out in front of it is the best way to cover that story, and then at least you control what people know about it. And that's a really interesting concept for a hero. Like, you can be healed, but like her 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 need to help outweighs her need to like. Oh, I can heal myself. Like, I can go get medicine, but there's people out there that need me, and I need to be there for them. Yeah, and like. Maybe that's a lot of what makes her worthy, is that she's so willing to do whatever it takes for everyone else. I don't know. And do, do, you, um, do you like Natalie Portman coming back in this role? Do you think that she might be good? I know Natalie Portman's a great actress, but in I would say in the Thor movies, they're not her probably her finest performances. But as that character, would you like to see her coming back and she's going to take a bigger step or a bigger role in this film? Yeah, I think it would be a cool, like acknowledgement maybe of those movies which aren't the most well received Marvel movies and by and large that's not what she signed on for um, no. she like she actually didn't sign on to be a damsel in distress kind of figure but that's what those movies turned her into um, so I think giving her the opportunity to be literal god Thor is very cool I like I like cool. her as in those movies as well yeah, I, I think I don't think it's it's very hard for Natalie Portman to be put in a bad performance. I think she's just written not very well. Um, also, I'm very much looking forward to a scene where Tessa Thompson and Natalie Portman fuck some shit up. That could be really cool. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> just definitely going to um, And also, Taika Waititi and Christian Bale. Uh, Christian Bale is down as the movie's villain. So I think he'll be a great villain. I think this movie could be really good with everything that's coming out for it. The fact that, like, Chris Hemsworth, his greatest strength, we found out, is that he works well with other people. Like, if he's by himself, he's okay. But, like, his acting chops come out when he's bouncing off somebody else in the scene. Whether it be Tessa Thompson or The Hulk or Taika Waititi as Korg. Like, he's very funny and he's very likable when he's with other people. And the problem was, with the Dark World, was he was always by himself. And so he's just kind of being sad. Um, yeah, and, and so I think... I don't I think, think that's like, as fun. No, I think Taika really, like, knew that, like, oh, no, just let him run for a while. Just, just let, let him loose. And then let him improv, do whatever he wants. And then pick the story out of it. Don't just say, no, Chris, do your line. No, 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 do it. Go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, so, um, if he improvs, he's amazing. Oh, he's a genius. Like, he's he has yeah. amazing comic timing as well, it turns out. I think uh, I think this Thor movie has a lot of good faith going in. I think Ragnarok had a lot of... Um, it didn't... It didn't have the two movies behind it being like, oh, this this one will clearly be great. Because yeah. the Thor movies declined in quality, you know, in the order that they came out. And and Ragnarok was so good that that's one of the weird trilogies where the third one is the best one. Yeah, so now it's kind of all to lose on the fourth one, I suppose. 
Yeah, no, I th- I just think it's very interesting. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Lady Thor. I think she's going to kick ass in that role, and I'm very, I'm really excited to see how Chris Hemsworth revolves in that world because I just think they're going to be a great like team or a team up or whatever. And uh, I, I don't want him to get too sad. As you said, he's been through a lot, but maybe a little sadness. Bring in Lady Thor. He comes oh. in at the end, maybe. Yeah, like if we chart Thor's like learning, it's like. He he was trying to learn to be king of Asgard, and then he failed at that. And then now now he's trying to learn who he is. And I think at some point in this movie, he's just going to say, "Look, I'm just I'm Odin's son. That's all. I, that's what I am. I'm happy with that. That's fine." Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, and this is kind of sad news at Warner Brothers shot. So, um, the DCEU have been moving a lot of movies back. There's been a lot of movies postponed recently due to the whole. What, a global bastard? Is that what's being called these days, Sean? I wouldn't use such coarse language myself, but yes, Connor. <laughs> the global fucking dickhead. Um, <laughs> but um, they've been putting a lot of movies back, and a lot of movies have, say, lost a year or two. Sadly, the Batman has been pushed back a year as well, so I'm kind of devastated by that. But most importantly is that The Rock's Black Adam has been delayed indefinitely. At Warner Brothers. So they have not put out a new date for this movie, which just seems a bit weird. It does. Now, maybe this is the first sign of like, oh, no one knows. No, this is a bigger discussion, all right. But no one knows how long this is going to go on for. So let's not. Let's not keep promising things at the minute, you know. Don't don't pull a James Bond. Don't pull a James Bond. We were all... That was the only thing getting us through this year, Connor. And now it's gone. It's coming up. I'm so excited, Sean. I kept saying to you every week. Every week he said, if only there was more time for no time to die. (laughs) If only I only had two hours to watch that movie again. If I could go back in time, I'd watch Spectre three more times. Oh, you wouldn't stop (laughs) 9-11? Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. I mean, you said it, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that was on me, sorry, you're right. Um, But yeah, they have taken Black Adam completely off the schedule. So maybe it could be as simple as, um, like we had news a few weeks ago ago that Aldous Hodge was cast as Hawkman. So I don't know if they're going to be pulling the plug on the the project. But this is a very strange thing. It could be as simple as maybe Warner Brothers are doing a good thing. And not releasing the release date of this movie just yet. Until they figure out the rest of their schedule. Yeah, like, all we've seen of Black Adam is, like, the the animated um, teaser that we kind of got. And so, like, no one has been on set yet. They probably haven't even put a crew together. Like, I think a lot of them... They have the crew together, but I don't know if they have started filming. Right. I, I just... I think you're only putting more pressure on the movie Black Adam then at that point to perform well whenever it comes out. Mm. Because you don't want it to turn into a New Mutant scenario where it's like, oh, it's been in development hell for months. You don't you know? want development hell. Nobody wants that. So as long as there's no like deadline, they can work away at it and it'll take however long it takes. Yeah, I I just I thought it was interesting looking at the release dates that it was just like, oh, that's there, that's there. There's no Black Adam. It's just vanished completely. And I was like, did they pull the plug? Did they just get rid of the whole thing? But I think it's too far gone that you've already signed up the rock. You can't pull the plug at this stage. Yeah, like you can't have that animated teaser being the only thing we ever see of that movie at this point. <laughs> it's a good teaser. <laughs> Great oh, good teaser, by um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is more Gal Gadot news shot. And that okay. is that she is set to star in a Cleopatra movie directed by Wonder Woman's Patty Jenkins. Sounds pretty good. So Gal Gadot will star in a new biographical drama about Cleopatra directed by Patty Jenkins. And so they, this would be the fourth time they'll work together. Um if they do a trilogy of Wonder Woman films, because Patty Jenkins is down to do all three of them as well. Um, And so, if they come back, is this a good movie? Will people go see a Cleopatra movie, Sean? uh, mm, Look, let me me think for a second. I like everyone involved, I'll say that much. Okay. 
Uh, Ancient Egypt is pretty cool. Um, (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Does it like it? mm, uh, It'll probably be fine. I've not. I've not gone to a lot of movies about a lot of things. Is is my issue? You know. So, and this. Hmm. I don't. I don't know that I would. I don't know that I'd watch it. I might. Oh. <laughs> I've never seen you struggle this much because it's weird because there's such a good team and um, Paramount apparently has been trying to get another film about the iconic Egyptian queen off the ground for many years. When you say and another so, film, what was the other because one? Because uh, 1964's Cleopatra with oh, Elizabeth so Taylor. The titu- yeah, it's a remake. The film won four Academy Awards apparently, Sean. <laughs> Fucking hell, that'd be nice, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. So this, they've been trying to get this off the ground for many weeks, or many years, I should say. And they also say, according to Deadline, the deal is a major coup for Paramount Pictures, getting Gal Gadot and Paddy Jenkins to team up again. Which I think that is a team that you would want. There's a lot of studios that would be very happy to have that double act. Like, that's that's very similar to what we were talking about. Hemsworth and Taika Waititi. If you can double up with them two, they're kind of the... The DC equivalent of that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I don't. I, uh, I'm still conflicted about this because I don't know that I care about a Cleopatra movie. Mm. But do you but think I'm, anyone would? See, I think there's a market for that, and like I'm all for telling a good story. Uh, uh, I, I just don't know. Our historical biopics. Forgive the joke, but are they historically good audience uh, performers? Um, no, I think they are. I suppose it depends on who it's about. Like, like Gandhi did normally, really well. Yeah, I think any actor that takes up somebody normally gets an Oscar. If it's somebody that like they had to put on makeup or like a fat suit or something like that. Whereas with Cleopatra, I think it's slightly different because it's not like you're doing something in the last 100 years, or even the last 50 years, where you can kind of dress up as someone. Like Winston Churchill in Finest Hour, which is like, you put you win a load of awards, looks real good. But I think Cleopatra is kind of different in that regard, because you don't have to be that historically accurate to do a Cleopatra movie. Yeah, and there was, there was some weird fact, and it was like um, the amount of time between the pyramids being built and Cleopatra is the same as the time between Cleopatra and now. Now, right. th- that has no bearing on the conversation. I just think that's interesting. Mm. Do you think that'll be the opening line of the movie? Uh, well, actually, well, this movie probably won't come out for a couple of years, so that fact will be invalid. <laughs> yeah. No, it'll open with that line, and then the follow-up will just say, actually, no, that was true in 2020, but now that's invalid. So um, just discount that with last thing. On with the show. (laughs) On with the show, sorry. Please continue. Um, I'm interested to see what Patty Jenkins does with something other than Wonder Woman. And I think she could do a really cool movie. I I think there's a cool way you could do this, but there's also a very easy way that this could be bad. It's kind of, it's it's on edge at the minute. You probably wouldn't know until the first trailer drops to see what kind of tone they're trying to go with. Yeah, like, is it a Gods of Egypt, or is it more of a good movie? <laughs> or any other movie that's even better than Gods of Egypt. It's a short list, I grant you. Yes, no, you're... T- yes, um, we're moving on to our next piece of news, and this is Johnny Depp-related, Sean. Now, this is only a small one, but I wanted to throw it in before our big news of the week, because I think it's funny. Johnny Depp... <laughs> has come out this week and he gave an interview and he said that he turned Captain Jack way up after Disney bosses warned him to bring it down. (laughs) Oh, so that's how that happened. (laughs) That's how that happened. So you said to me you love specifically all of the Pirates of the Caribbean's after one. You said they're all way better than one. One is shit. Is that what what you said? I said I like the first three quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and, and four and five even more. Oh, no, I'm being misquoted. <laughs> and so Johnny Depp came out last week, or during the week, and he said that they had to, basically, they had to talk to a few studio executives. 
after the first one. And he said they were nervous. They were afraid no one would understand the word Captain Jack said. I got calls from them asking, is he drunk? Are you drunk? What's the thing with his hands? I wasn't discouraged in the slightest. It fuels me. I know that if they're worried, I'm doing my job. When they asked me to bring it down, I turned it way up. <laughs> so that's... Look, that's... I, I don't think that's how you should respond to direction as an actor. <laughs> True, but I think it worked for the first one. Yeah, but I... For, like... Did, did he say he took this attitude on the first one or the fifth one where Jack Sparrow is the most Jack Sparrow man I've ever seen? I think it's the first one, but I think it works on the first one, this this uh, tactic that he's applied here. But by the fifth one, I think maybe tone it down, listen to them slightly. I think by the fifth one, he's a cartoon. Whereas yes. in the first one, he was just kind of a mad dude. He was he just was, mental, but also he he wasn't like the luckiest human being on the planet. Where he's strapped to a pole, and sometimes somehow it falls five hundred feet, and he lands in between two pieces of land, hanging over sharks. You or some leave shit. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's <laughs> End out of this, okay? <laughs> I just think it's ludicrous. First of all, secondly, I think as it went along, they they stopped doing what made him funny or what made him. Um, likeable was the fact that he was fallible, but he also didn't give a shit. Whereas he, as it went along, he became less fallible and also still didn't give a shit, which I wouldn't if I was also invincible. Yeah, like the first one, he's incredibly like resourceful and sly. Whereas in the fifth one, he's magic. Um, I oh pure yeah. pure oh. unadulterated magic in performance and in character. Oh, of course. Now, I, I, I just want to clear up because someone's going to say it. Uh, you were actually referring to Dead Man's Chest earlier. And I said at World's End, I'd like to apologise. Is that the second one? That's the second one, yeah. I think, I thought I knew that. Yeah, I was don't even get me started on the big wheel, Sean. Do not get me started on the big wheel. Actually, funny stuff, that big pole and that big wheel, same movie. Same movie. I thought they, they doubled up. They, they seen one of those scenes and said, not enough. We need another one. They took the Johnny Depp approach of do the opposite. The studio executive said, audience don't like the two of them. Do three of them. Come on, let's keep going. Or we can do wheels all day, by. <laughs> oh, I'm on a big wheel for 40 minutes. Whole second act. Um, yeah, so that's Johnny Depp coming out talking about jo- uh, Jack Sparrow. I think that's that's not even news. But I just think it's funny that that was his idea for that character and also, you can definitely see that as the movies go on, that plan got worse. It really did. Yes. Um, so we're finishing off this week's Movie Monday show with the big news story. And this is involving Spider-Man 3. Now, the last few weeks, we've been covering a lot of Spider-Man 3 news. And this week, the big news is that Benedict Cumberbatch, or Doctor Strange, will return as the character in Spider-Man 3. He's reportedly joining the cast of the film. Sean, what are your thoughts on this? This is interesting, okay? Mm. Now, kind of... Okay, so Peter Parker in these movies always has a mentor, but then, spoilers, Tony Stark is gone. Uh, Where is he? No one's quite sure. Um, No, it's up in the air. It is up in the air. It's like dust Mm. in the wind. It's like dust in the wind, yeah. Um, but Doctor Strange could be an interesting uh, foil for Peter Parker. You know, like cynical, miserable Doctor Strange versus optimistic, helpful Peter Parker. It's also, like, he is also in Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. So maybe Doctor Strange is going to be an even bigger character moving into the next phase of Marvel movies. Um, they're probably maybe looking to him to become the Robert Downey Jr. character. In a weird way, because he is ultimately the most powerful being, really. Like, you've seen it in um, Thor Ragnarok. Like, he's just, at this point, he's so powerful that he can kind of do anything, which makes it harder for him to be anything other than a mentor to the lesser character. So Spider-Man is like, I'm having trouble on the ground. Like, Doctor Strange could clearly solve that in ten seconds, but it's more fun if he's mentoring other people. Yeah, I and... With, with Doctor, with, between the combination of Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch that we're getting in the next coming movies and series, 
you unlock a whole lot of fucking doors into weird shit you can do. Um, for, for example, Sean, I'm just going to throw some out here. What about the multiverse of madness? Maybe that causes something to do with Earth Scarlet, which might maybe break the universe down, which mm-hmm. causes Electro to go from the amazing Spider-Man universe into the MCU. Possible. Very possible. Now, and Benedict Cumberbatch turns up as a, like, I've been looking for the source of this, like, disruption in the universe, and it's coming from Electro, and that makes him meet Spider-Man. I, yeah, now, my thing about that is Jamie Foxx has said he's not going to be blue in this one. Okay. So it might be a different Electro, but I oh, totally maybe, see your yeah. logic. I like the idea that, like, there's a Jamie Foxx character in every universe, and they always become Electro, and it's just different versions of him. That's very uh, Spider-Man. That Spider-Man always becomes Spider-Man in that universe. You could say the same about the villains. Yeah. Now, what I was thinking is that they could, uh, in Multiverse of Madness, right, they could do the brand new day storyline where Spider-Man trades his relationship for his identity uh, through a deal with the devil. And, <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, while Spider-Man is making a deal with the devil, Wanda, who Doctor Strange has rescued since the events of WandaVision, makes a deal for two shards of Mephisto's soul uh, that she uses to make her children in the comics, right? Bear, yeah. bear with me. And then Agatha Harkness, who we see in WandaVision, reveals the witch. that the, the witch, she reveals that the kids aren't real, they're shards of Mephisto's soul. And then Wanda, in anger, uh, erases all mutants. Now, she could bring mutants in, in this universe. Mm. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, That's see, But if you get into that, do you think cinema audiences are ready for Mephisto and devil parts and souls of the devil being turned into children? Maybe not, but... We are also getting Moon Knight. And True. Him and Doctor Strange and Ghost Rider and the lads, they're all the Midnight Suns, and they fight Mephisto. So you set I Mephisto d- up as, like, you have the, you know, the science-y, fiction-y bad guy with the Avengers, and then you have the magic bad guy for Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch and everyone, and Spider-Man's the bridge between the two. Yeah, I think Spider-Man could be the bridge between a lot of things. And also, with this inclusion of Doctor Strange, I think that's a good idea. That Where do you go from Thanos? You go to the actual devil, I suppose? Like, who's one up on Thanos? Thanos? Yeah. The devil, maybe, like, if, as a villain? Yeah, if we're talking, like, possible villains, and other dimensions, actually, as well. Because Doctor Strange, then could technically open a portal to the negative zone, which is where Annihilus lives. Oh, no. Oh, shit. So, and like, if if you have the multiverse of madness, though, like, is it, it, it might be more obvious that, yeah, as you said, Scarlet Witch will just break, start fracturing walls, separating alternate universes and timelines, which probably makes it maybe weaker, which might make it easier for Mephisto to come true. Yeah. Yeah, and Mephisto, and maybe Electro. Ernilus. Ernilus, or the Fantastic Four. Yeah, if the walls are weaker, if all the universes are weaker, and all the timelines are fractured because she's just going mental, it might be easier an easier way to bring in the Fantastic Four from a different universe. Like, what the fuck is this? They come in in the Fantastic Car. Like, wow. Or, oh, you're going Fantastic Car right off the bat. Straight off the bat, they drive in, in on it. <laughs> 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 and they drive in and then you have to have the scene where you're like I think we took the wrong left turn <laughs> oh, and then they Johnny. fuck off <laughs> then they leave. oh Jimmy Bell <laughs> and Kevin Feige actual Kevin Feige pops up and says that's all you're getting dickheads <laughs> no you're done you're already MCU fuck off um, I, I, I'm very excited about this but also a little confused and I think that's a good way to be I don't want to know where the story is going exactly yeah I think this is a great like there's a lot of uh, questions going into this Spider-Man movie and the more you hear about it the more you start thinking like 
with WandaVision and Doctor Strange being added to this, there's a lot of steps going in between to set up just like a fucked up universe that I don't think normal audiences would be aware of, but all the stepping stones are now there that they are going to go full mental with the next phase. Yeah, and it, it, I wonder, like, because how long were the phases in one to three? They were like f- three or four years each? F- four years each, yeah. So 2008, 2012, 2012 to 2016, 2015. Yeah, around yeah. three or four years. So, like, that's a lot of dimension breaking and dimension hopping and character introduction to happen in four years of movies. And we're already a year in, and we're falling behind. Ah, but a you have bit. Disney Plus now, though. That and is if true. They go, if they go heavily at Disney Plus, they could set up so much for a lot of people. Now, the problem with that is a lot. Of, not many people are going to watch. Not everyone is going to watch Disney Plus. So you have to also make it make sense in the films, but that the series enhance your viewers or your viewership if you're watching both. Yeah, that's a tough balance. That is a tough balance to strike. Look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't think Kevin Feige has it in him. He doesn't even know what to do with the Fantastic Four and the car. And we're getting a Blade movie. We are, actually. And that would involve vampires, which, I mean, the devil could be in that one. Yeah, fucking give me, give me a fucking vampire movie. And I think Judy and Humans again. I think there's going to be a lot of weird, fucked up shit. I think phase four could be the most mental phase. Like, oh, the rest we... of them are all kind of streamlined. Yeah, but like, we... Connor, we we haven't even discussed the Eternals. Oh, Jesus, yeah. I forgot about the Eternals. <laughs> like, once you actually write down what everything that they're planning... Like, I'm looking at this thinking, there's no way they're pulling this off. Like, there's no way you pull this off and make it... I don't know, digestible. All of this. There has to be a weak link somewhere, and hopefully it's one of the franchises I don't care about. Yeah, uh, and I hope it's not Spider-Man 3, because I think Tom Holland is perfect in that role, and I think him and Cumberbatch have really good chemistry in a weird way. Like, they only had like maybe a 30-second scene in um, Endgame. Uh, or no, that wasn't Endgame, that was Infinity War. But it's yeah. just like, oh, we're using our made-up names. But even that shows the difference where Doctor Strange is, like, really serious and Spider-Man is Spider-Man. Exactly, yeah. And also, on the press tour, like, uh, they're they're good friends. Like, they're just... Uh, ben the Cumberbatch <laughs> is just Cumberbatch. looking after Tom Holland. Yeah, wasn't Cumberbatch sent with him so he wouldn't spoil anything? Yeah, he, like, you know, there are moments in interviews he stopped Tom Holland just being like, I'll take this one. <laughs> you know what, Tom's like, you know, we go to spit. Tom, I'll take this one. Just really quickly, Tom, just please shut up. <laughs> please. Just fucking, it's both of our jobs at this point. <laughs> Um, so that is it for this week's Movie Monday, Sean. Um, do you want to take us out? Yeah, it's been quite the week, but thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We will be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Big thank you goes out to all of our patrons over on Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash heroes for hire podcast. Imagine, imagine getting the Patreon wrong. Imagine oh, that. I would never... Yeah. It's been a front to God himself. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, big thank you goes out to Waffles Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, Sean Jamieson, Dominic and Josiah Green. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. We really do appreciate you uh, giving us the price of a coffee a month. And it really helps out more than you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, best way you can ever support a show, anyone, is to tell one human being that we exist. Just the one. Just the one. Maybe give us a like and a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Um, or you can uh, email us here for hire underscore at outlook.com if you have any questions. And we're on all the social medias. They're all linked below. And my throat is killing me. <laughs> not for that not for any not for the usual reason not for the the covid reason uh oh jesus christ i just i oh, i had a lot of sand <laughs> <laughs> fuck 
fucking hell. I'm just watching him trying to segue out with us. Oh, <laughs> I'm listening going, oh, this is getting a deep. Dig up, stupid. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That, uh, bye. <laughs> we got her lot I'm sorry. <laughs>